Hello and welcome to This Emotional Planet. Today I'm talking with Beth Osmer, who is a shamanic practitioner, energy worker, and hypnotherapist, and she works with pets, which is really fun. So we have a wide-ranging conversation about the emotional life and journey that we have with our pets and the connections that are between us, as well as what what to do when issues come up, behaviors come up. That was my puppy breaking a... Uh, plant uh potter behind me so we can see (laughs) there she is (laughs) Uh, and we take a journey with the um with my puppy at the end a shamanic journey Beth's offering a 30 minute free pet consultation which is incredibly generous so if you have a pet that you would love to connect with um through a shamanic journey check her out at bethosmer.com but um super generous, super amazing woman, uh, really talented and intuitive. It was, it was really a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy. I am so delighted to be sitting down finally with Beth Osmer, who is a pet intuitive and as well as a human intuitive, but we're talking about pets today, which is exciting. I just got a new puppy. And I realized so quickly how emotionally engaged she was, how much she's reading other people's energy all the time, how much she's reading my energy and actually asking me to be emotionally honest with her over and over again. And so I heard about Beth's intuitive gifts with animals and that she does pet readings. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this would be amazing to talk to you. just because this issue is so up. And I know that we all love connecting with our pets. And in a, in a strange way, pets are more, like we're more emotionally attuned to them because we don't have words to use. So um, I'm just excited for this conversation. Thank you for being here, Beth. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here too. Thank you. So your main work is with people. Yes. And yes. Um, and if people go to your website, that's what they will see. You do hypnotherapy, shaman work, energy work, but a lot of it is through the emotional body, correct? Yes. Most of it's through the emotional body. Mm-hmm. And how do you, you know, you're very intuitive and I, and you offer courses and such on intuition and how do you, how do you pick up on emotions intuitively? I'm curious to hear what your kind of method is or how they feel to you. That's a great question. Um, well, ever since I was a little girl, I felt things very deeply. I felt, I felt people very deeply. I felt spirit very deeply. And, you know, you often hear that, you know, people that are empathic and I would say that I was empathic and, but when you, and when you feel that deeply, but it, you don't know how to manage it, it's, can be a little overwhelming. But as I got into adulthood and realized that the fact that I can feel other people so deeply, I mean, I remember like I would see, for example, like a going out of business sign or in a store, you know, like in a store window or in a restaurant. And it would like something that simple would deeply pain me because I would go into their whole story of what are they going to do for, you know, I'd make up a story. What are they going to work? And oh my gosh, how is this impacting them? Oh, that must be so hard on them. And, but so I could get really drawn into people's emotional experiences. And then as I got older 
And, you know, I actually, I think that, um, well, a large part of that, I became, you know, an alcoholic and like, it was just hard to manage all of that in, you know, input that was coming in. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as I started like want taking my power back and realizing that being able to feel other people so deeply is actually a superpower. Mm -hmm. That is when I can turn it into like supporting and healing. Absolutely. It's a superpower that we have, to, we get to learn how to wield uh, at some point in life, which most of us aren't taught how to wield that. No, I know. It's amazing how in a lot of even places in the, in our country here, you know, you often hear of like the stiff upper lip or, um, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps or therapy is only for crazy people that people were not taught the emotion, emotional language or emotional literacy. Yeah. And it's just, it's fascinating how people we've been, so a lot of us are just taught to not oh, you're being weak or you're, um, you're too sensitive, right? You often hear kids are told they're too sensitive when they're just feeling. Mm -hmm. And when you, so I want to get into this just a little more deeply. So when you feel an emotion, when it hits you and you feel it intuitively, what, how do you feel that in your body? Some people don't feel what you feel or what I may feel and maybe what we feel is different. So I'm curious, how does that, feel to you because you've obviously refined this tool, this gift for yourself um, really deeply over the last 10 years or more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such an interesting question because I haven't um, thought about it. And like, it's so, I love that you're asking this. So in the past, I would feel like, okay, so like with the example of like the going out of business sale, my heart would hurt. I would like feel like I want to cry or I could feel like if someone had a stomach ache or something, I could feel their stomach ache or mm. um, the anxiety, I could take on the anxiety. But now I don't do that as, as much because it's not good for me, mm -hmm. right? So I now, and it's not good for anyone to take on anybody's emotions unless you can quickly like feel it and then know it's not yours and like okay get, I'm getting information from that but then I'm gonna release it mm -hmm. but even that I have found for myself is a lot of work mm -hmm. right like I have to oh that's not mine and then I have all this processing to do and then I need to then I get to clear it out yeah. of my body and now I more of like read it like like you would read text or something mm -hmm. like reading their field or reading their energy, um, just like I, like, I, like I would be reading a book or something. So I, that's where I go now. And I also use the support of my guides to help me ground and help me stay connected to myself while in service of other people. And then also I get to turn it off and on when I want to. I mean, I can, I mean when I'm talking to someone new, I can, I'm automatically tuned into them right? Mm -hmm. And deeply connected to them, but how much I want to like basically tune up, you know, turn on the volume is really up to me. Yes. So we, we've been talking about this over and over again on the show boundaries, basically what mm -hmm. is what that is creating, mm -hmm. or you, in your case, it sounds more like creating the appropriate container, deciding what information you're choosing to access for what session and what context. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And just backing up a little bit for people who may not know what you mean by guides, you're, you're speaking of spirit guides, right? Yes, spirit guides. So I work shamanically. So I work with spirit guides. 
I work with guides in all realms. Well, not well in multiple realms. I haven't hit all the realms. (laughs) There's many realms. So when you're working with pets, what realms, you know, what are the spirit guides for, for the pet world? Well, interesting. Well, for me, they, I do shamanic journey work, which is active meditation using the drum. And I have two specific guides that I, um, that support me with, um, pet readings and they're a tiger and a dolphin. And they're, they have been consistent for the last, I don't know. I think I've been doing this for over 12 years now. And they are my go-to. And I go to see them in the lower world, um, in the journey of the shamanic lower world, which is like an earth-based realm. Because animals are very, yes, they're very spiritual, but they're also here with us on earth. And they're very, very earth-based, many of them. Oh, that's interesting. So you're going what you perceive as downward. And what is that? And I know a lot of people have probably some ideas about what that means, like, the dark side or hell or something like that. Could you bring a little bit more understanding of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually not the dark side at all. And it's so interesting because in shamanism, they believe that there are three worlds, okay, an upper, a middle and a lower. And it's not like heaven, hell and earth, right? Because that's okay. the Christian biblical mm-hmm. sense. It's more of, they believe that the middle world is the human realm and that in the human realm, there are both there are both guides and spirits that are have uh, have compassionate intentions, loving intentions, and then there are those that are don't or lost or have darker intentions, just like humans. There are some humans that have very pure intentions, and then there are some humans that don't have the greatest of intentions. And they believe that the upper and the lower worlds are safe portals, like they're like realms where we can connect to beings of higher consciousness. And so the lower world is. Uh, this portal of um, this like basically a portal where you go down through nature and you're following it into the earth so that you can access the beings that quote unquote like live in the lower world mm-hmm. that are of a higher consciousness they tend to be enlightened beings compassionate beings beings that um, are operating on a higher vibration than we are. So we're just conditioned to think lower means darker, but it's in shamanism, it's not. Thank you so much for that. I think that's just helpful to know where we're going today. Yes. Because our intention is to actually do a journey with me and my pet at the end, just to give people a taste of it. And I think it'll be really fun to see, see this in action instead of just talking about it. Yeah. So when you work with animals, what is the biggest recurring pattern that you see in the, in the pets and animals? This is such a good question. So you and I were talking about this when we first spoke. The, the thing is with animals, cats and dogs, mainly I'm working with cats and dogs, right? So mm-hmm. they feel just like we were talking about feeling, they feel and see and know everything. Mm-hmm. And especially their guardian, the one that their main caretaker they know that person so well and just like they're very um unconditional in their love in their love for them and whenever i do a pet reading it's always always a reading for the human as well because there's so much healing and so much that the animal is seeing in the human and they usually end up talking about it like for example i'm just going to make something up like they may say things like i see how lonely you are 
Oh. Right? Like I I see how lonely you are and I'm here supporting you, but you're lonely that they, but dogs in particular will take on emotions, right? Because they are, they're natural caretakers. They, they are here. It's one thing that their karmic path is like, they're here to support humans. Wow. Some dogs take on way too much emotion. I had a client who was incredibly depressed and she would bring her dog. I never did a reading for the dog because she didn't ask, but I was wanting to. And, um, she would always bring her dog to session and the dog was really depressed. Like I've never met a dog more depressed in my life. And I'm like, this dog is taking on your depression because she took the dog everywhere. Yes. And she, and so, you know, it was a good mirror for her, but dogs, so they will mirror back exactly what we're going through and they're taking, often taking it on. So that's some of like, what I love is like the, how it becomes a healing for both the pet and for the human. Absolutely. Actually, my last dog, I think I shared this story with you, Beth, but my last dog, um, I had a really intense spleen infection at one point. What kind of infection? It was a spleen infection. Oh, spleen, uh-huh. And I couldn't get rid of it, and it was causing a lot of fatigue for me for about a year. And then um, I seemed to get over it. I magically got over it. And then my dog died. She was 13. She died about four months later of a spleen infection. Wow. And the doctor said that was really rare anyway, an enlarged Mm. spleen. And I just got this sense that she had Mm. been in service to me. She had taken that infection on herself, as you're mentioning. Yes. Um, It was a choice she made, I guess. But I, I tear up every time I think about that, that service, that level of service that these pets often provide for us. It's amazing. It is. It is truly uh dogs in particular are one of their self selfless human they're selfless beings mm-hmm. yeah i'm a do- i'm a dog and a cat lover what do you see when you read cats <laughs> cats are funny <laughs> um, they're often like people who reach out for cat readings i have two cats myself i love cats but um people who reach out for cat readings they tend to be reaching out around behaviors Mm. right because cats can be funky mm-hmm. they some some of them don't want to go in their litter box or they're like go in the bathroom on the bed they're um they have that thing where they get real you're petting them and all of a sudden they freak out right and like they'll scratch you so cats usually people usually reach out with cats around behavior and oftentimes it comes down to cats take on stress Oh yeah. Cats can be really stressed out. It, that's what I have seen anyway, mm-hmm. is that they take on stress and they tend to be, um, they don't, I have not seen them so much as like take on humans, their, their guardians behavior as they, but if the environment is funky, you know, we're all, all of our environments are funky. Like we all have our stuff. Mm-hmm. Like let's say that you didn't clean the litter box enough, mm-hmm. right? Cats are also very defiant. They're like, if you're not going to pay, if you're not going to scoop my litter box, then I'll just, I'll just go to the bathroom on your bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they, and they hold grudges. They hold things. They don't forget. 
they don't forget. So usually if a cat is having a behavior, there is something going on in the environment. Something that's stressing them out. Interesting. The other thing, you know, on the positive side with cats, what I see cats as, the cats I've had, is they have like this presence, this like, oh, like yeah. whereas the dogs are more like in service, like more directly yes. like relationship oriented. I find cats are like the Zen, yes, like hold the space and they remind you to like meditate. <laughs> it's, it's just, there's something in the presence of a cat that's almost so regal and how they carry themselves. They're not people pleasers. And no. that's like, I love that about cats. Mm -hmm. I, I have always had cats. And yeah, we're talking about like the, sh the, the cat that's having like an issue or a challenge. And once they, what I've seen is once they have a, pa a pattern, it's hard, it's almost, it's challenging to break them of it. But um, the cat, most cats are that, that they are, they're very at peace with who they are, mm -hmm. right? And they are like, I'm a cat. I, I will love you, but it's going to be on my terms. And I'm also here to show you and teach you how to just be. Yes. They just, they just are. They're just being, right? Right. Yeah, I love that. I do too. Such gifts and all the different animal energies have bring different gifts with them, obviously. Um, yeah. And some cats are actually quite what like just like some humans are have deeper wisdom and you know everyone every being's at a different level a different vibration mm -hmm. there are cats that are incredibly wise mm. like incredibly like they're almost feels like they're holding like akashic records wow like they're they're deep not all cats but some are very 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 wise yes i think Old of the like the egyptians like worship the cat i'm sure oh yeah all these reasons yeah um, and so I want to go back, just touching back to when we were talking about dogs carrying energy, because I also used to work with, uh, doing pet clearings as well. And I would love for you to share, like, how do you clear, how, to, how do you help these pets move through an emotion that they may have picked up from an owner or as you call them guardians, which is a beautiful way of saying that. Mm-hmm. That's great. So from the, the way I work with them is shamanically. So let's say sometimes it's, it can be as simple as like talking to them mm -hmm. right? it, and just being in conversation in the journey with them around mm -hmm. how is this really supporting you and supporting your guardian, your human by taking this on. Sometimes it's that simple mm -hmm. and sometimes um, they need deeper work. Sometimes they actually, they will pick up energetic interference too. Mm -hmm. Like if they're off, they'll, they can pick up. So I've done clearings on um, animals that have picked up interference. Like if an animal is acting out of character, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes they've picked something up. Hmm. And, or if there's been some sort of like trauma, like sometimes dogs get separation anxiety, yeah. right? Like, and it's like going back and, and going back to that time or place when they first picked up um, that behavior, or if they're holding an energy going back and clearing that out with the shamanic work and with energy medicine work so that they can get free of whatever it is that they're, they're holding. So like there's a moment, if they have separation anxiety, just like a human, there's a moment, um, usually a moment when some, when they made that shift, right? Mm -hmm. Like where they got scared or something happened and we can go back and do a healing on that moment. Yes. And what are some examples of the healings you've done? If you don't mind sharing. 
Well, there was one dog um, that the spirit, oh, and the spirit release meant like an energetic interference. I've only seen that maybe three times. It's pretty rare, but it's severe. So there was this one dog, this was a few years ago. This is a while ago. The owner or the guardian reached out to me because the dog had killed and attacked her friend's dog. Oh, wow. And it was like a little dog, Mm -hmm. like a little dog. No, 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 no. It attacked a little dog. This dog was like a medium-sized dog and it just went out, like snapped out of nowhere and killed her friend's dog. Like they, they were up in the bedroom and heard this, like they weren't even tuning in. And so she reached out to me and I don't, I can usually do remote readings like I can work from remotely like we're going to do today, but this dog needed like in person. So I went to her house and I think I went three times because the, she had picked up um, a dark energy at a dog park. Wow. Because, like thinking about like all those dogs running around, that's all energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like all the owner, uh, the guardian's energy, it's all their energy. And this dog um, had gotten attacked by another dog, not too bad, but it got attacked. And in the attack is when the um, entity went into this really normally, really sweet dog and took over this dog's being. And that's why that dog killed her friend's dog. So we, that's when, and then, so we, it took two or three sessions and we ended up clearing it out because the energy was for some reason really stuck in there. Wow. And then, and that never happened again after like, that was like the, like this freak accident thing that happened. So that was probably the most um, dramatic. And wow. then a lot of them, people reach out to like end of life. Oh yeah. You know, like knowing when, when to, like I just did a reading, not like a week or two ago around a dog of like when the dog, when it's time to go, mm-hmm. plus just that the dog usually has so much to say and oh. giving the dog a voice who mm-hmm. wants to say goodbye. Oh, you know, like it wants to, it, it, they want to say goodbye. Yeah. And that would be if, if I could like support people in that way, just to even give the dog or cat a voice before they, because they've had such an amazing experience in the years that they've been here. So that, that I love doing. That is a beautiful gift. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful gift to offer both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, this is really deep work and what, um, I'm curious why you haven't gotten more public with this work. (laughs) And I do it. It's like word of mouth. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, because I, I have a very full practice with human work, um, that the animals that find me, and there's a few every year, and the ones that do are the ones that are, I'm meant to work with. Wow. You know, and talk to, because it, that people do call, you know, mm-hmm. or write, mm-hmm. and it just seems that the animal knows. Wow. Well, how, and, and your free gift that you're offering to people, which is an amazingly generous offer is a 30 minute free pet reading. So this is a pretty, uh, pretty unique offering you're, you're putting out there for our listeners, which is awesome. Yeah. And I would say that 
you don't, you can don't my, um, my invitation to you is if you feel like, Oh, my dog or cat doesn't have an issue or there's nothing still reach out. Like, because they want, you'll give them an opportunity to speak through me, through my guides, just like we're going to do with your puppy today. Like, I'm sure your puppy's fine, but we're just, they want to, they have an opportunity to speak and talk and, um, share with you their experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think now is actually a great time to jump into that. Why don't we just go into it so people get the experience and, um, and we can, and we can go from there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab my drum off the wall. Okay. So what's your puppy's name? Her name is Philomena. Philomena. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a name that she chose herself. <laughs> it came to me in meditation. It means strong friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she, do you want me to tell you a little about her story? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So she was adopted. I adopted her from the Humane Society. She is 14 weeks old. I adopted her when she was eight weeks old. And she came home to me very, very fearful of people particularly, but of a lot of things. And everything I could see, the Humane Society did an excellent absolute superb job raising these puppies like no discredit to them I think it's just extremely stressful to be raised in a humane society mm-hmm. with, with all of the stimulation there so we've been working a lot on her fear and her phobias that seem to kick in pretty hard and I was able to speak with some of her siblings and I, apparently a couple of her siblings have the same issue you mean to the, you spoke to the guardians or did you also do a pet reading? The guardians actually were in a Facebook group. So it's fun oh, to kind of exchange awesome. that information. And, and she, so when I adopted her, her mom is about 40 pounds. And um, I found out that her dad is a mastiff. So she's going to be a very big dog, like 110 pounds. Um, so that was a little bit of a shock. So she's a, a beautiful brindle. Uh, she looks like a mastiff actually. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Wow. So she's, okay. And then uh, how old is she? She's 14 weeks. And she's still fearful? We're working through a lot of it. We've had some big breakthroughs the last couple of weeks, actually. But I feel like there may be something she's wanting to communicate about that or how I can be helpful to her moving forward. She still doesn't really go up to people. She's scared of most people, but she's, she's taking treats from them now and she's approaching them a little bit, but she does not want them to pet her. Um, and do, was she with her mom when, where, what, where did you know? Her she was, was, she was with her mom. She was dropped off when she was like three days old at the Humane Society with her siblings and her mom. But then her mom was sort of, neg- I don't want to say negligent, but um, wasn't super interested in the puppies and they were weaned a bit earlier than usual and taken away from the mom without the natural weaning process, which I know holds some trauma for her too. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, um, so we'll look at the fear and whatever else she would like to share. Okay. Um, okay. So you'll, you'll hear the drum for a little bit and then I'll come back and share what the guides, the guides have shared. Awesome. 
And she is the brindle look. She has that brindle. Yeah, she has kind of a, a scrunchy face. She has a wrinkly face. And what was the dog's name that passed away? Pearl. And how long ago was that? That was about four years ago, three or four years ago. And you haven't had a dog in between? No. Okay. Okay, sorry. One, one more question. Um, what, what was keeping you from, not keeping you, but why four years in between the two dogs? I was not ready. I wasn't really committed and stabilized in one place for, to have a dog yet. And I mm -hmm. just committed to kind of staying in this area. And I felt like it was time. How long did you grieve for Pearl? Oh, I grieved for her for a long time too. Yeah, I would say until probably six months to a year ago, I was like, would cry every time I thought about Pearl. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was definitely grieving her for a long time. Okay. All right. Do you still grieve Pearl when you? I actually feel like these two dogs are very related. Yes, that's what it feels like to me. Like uh -huh. Pearl, that's why I'm, I feel like I'm asking about Pearl. So let's, let's, let's find out. Okay. Okay. I love the name Pearl. Mm -hmm. And um, Philomena, I like it. It's so cute. Okay. What I'm getting is that Philomena is Pearl. Mm -hmm. She's Pearl reincarnated. And that when Pearl, when Pearl passed away four years ago, that she, you, you guys are so connected that they're in like deeply attached to one another, especially during that time when she passed away. Mm -hmm. and you know definitely the spleen I mean yeah it's all like deep connection and um so when she passed away she wasn't ready emotionally and spiritually because she didn't want to leave you and she also knew could feel how much pain it caused you and how much grief so she it looked like I mean she's fine but she looked like just like a like a human spirit would do or a soul spirit like she got stuck for a while like she didn't fully move on to the other side mm. because you guys stayed so connected mm -hmm. and when she finally moved to the other side it was able she was able to start her reincarnation process mm -hmm. and she was definitely committed to coming back in mm -hmm. with you and she just needed it's like she got support on how to get to do that mm -hmm. and coming back in here i this isn't the I, most ideal way was she <laughs> she's funny it's not like she doesn't she wanted to be a big dog but like this isn't her ideal body <laughs> okay but, right but she's in this body but she also um like the situation wasn't ideal, like this litter of puppies and this litter here. It's, she doesn't feel connected to the mom and she doesn't feel really that connected to her litter. 
Okay. But because she doesn't really care. She cares, but she doesn't care. She just wanted a vehicle to get to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, the guides were saying it's not shocking that she didn't, that she chose a dog mom that really didn't bond with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because she doesn't really need that from her because mm-hmm. she's just like looking for you. Okay. And, she, and the guides were showing that this was the way that she did that was, you know, this is how you found her. And so what she needs right now is like the process of getting here was a little bit more challenging than she thought. Meaning like, you, you know, we, t- we all do this. We take on, um, oh yeah, in this life, I'm going to do this and I'm going to come in this way and I'm going to have this plan, but then we actually have to live it and experience it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she did come in um, with the mom that didn't really like attach to her and everything, but um, it's almost like she's not, she's scared of humans, but almost like she, they, she was saying she just needs more time mm. to like fully integrate being here. Mm. Like she's just, she said, I'm going to be fine. Like she's going to be completely fine, but that like too much stimulation right now is just too overwhelming for her. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying that, um, she loves like to take her out in nature. Mm-hmm. She's like all, everybody wants to socialize dogs, mm-hmm. you know, right away. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, I need that, but I don't want it all of the time. Okay. You know, she's like, I love to just go out and be in nature and just start getting to know with, you know, with you, um, like a, a quiet trail or a quiet field or something. Um, and just start to get to know her again and get to not know her, but be, get reacquainted and get reacquainted with being here on earth. Just like, she just needs like grounding. Mm-hmm. You okay. know what I mean? Absolutely. And like dog parks are not a great idea for her right now. It's too much. Okay. You know, it's like babies don't want all that either, but somehow, um, we, you know, we want the dogs to be socialized so, and she wants you to know that she'll be fine. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. She's going to be totally fine. She just needs, she's still so little and that she needs, she just needs a little bit more of a slower integration process. Okay. And how about, I've been taking her these puppy play times that I think she's been liking, but that may be too much as well. I don't know. How often do you take her? I was taking her on Fridays and Saturdays. Let me ask her. No, she likes that. Okay. I thought so. Those are pretty gentle. The puppy. No, she likes that. She has fun there. Mm-hmm. It's like joyful for her. It's, she's saying like really cr- anything too crowded or too much or too many big dogs. She doesn't, she's just not ready for that. Like just okay. to be, she doesn't need, a, she needs a little, but not a ton right now. Okay. Well, that's super helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But did you know that she was Pearl? I did. I did. I wondered if you were going to say that because I I got that sense very strongly like a couple weeks after I got her. Yeah, that's her. And that's because when, as soon as we started tuning in, um, all I saw was the black dog, Pearl. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, she's Pearl. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's her. And so you're, it's such a beautiful thing, right? That you guys are so connected. Oh, we are. We are. I always called her my garden angel. I mean, we, I really felt like she was my guardian in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. And 
Mm-hmm. It's so lovely to have these like connections come back to you. If you've ever lost a dog or an, a pet or a per- anyone, just knowing like really getting that experience that life in these bodies is eternal. It goes forward and these connections call love back to us again and again in all different forms. It's just, Absolutely. it's so comforting I think mm-hmm. it's comforting mm-hmm. but also on this on the flip side is like not to be attached either because mm-hmm. we don't know like she may not have come back but she chose to mm-hmm. but we don't we just don't know like I had this cat that oh I was upset I was like so in love with this cat his name was Rimba and he when he died he died of this disease that only two cats had ever had like been um in the veterinary journal, there's only two cases in the whole world of this disease. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. But this cat, I was so madly in love with this cat and I grieved this cat for a long time. That cat, he hasn't come back yet, mm. you know? And I, I have, because I was banking on that. I was like, oh, well, he'll be back. <laughs> well, but he hasn't yet. So we can, we can, it can definitely happen. But, um, Pet, when people grieve pet, pet loss is a real thing, like deep grief. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like deep, deep grief. So, um, it, it can happen for sure. I mean, that just happened with you and Philomena and Philomena mm-hmm. Pearl mm-hmm. slash Philomena. Yeah. I do call her Pearl sometimes, but I'm remembering having a puppy again, how intimately involved in our lives or pets are no one gets to see as much as she sees <laughs> you know and no wonder we feel so connected to them yes yeah it's so beautiful it's so beautiful it is so beautiful um so i want to make this i want to keep uh making this practical for people are there you know i'm sure that for instance if she had some fear that was coming in Mm-hmm. That, that needed to be clear. It sounds like this is more of an adjustment period for her yes. mm-hmm. and not something that necessarily needs to be worked with on a emotional level. No. Um, but if they did that, you would just, you would just go through a process of clearing with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say for example, I mean, she, something happened in the birth, right? Mm-hmm. Some kind of trauma or someone was someone scared her at the SPCA mm-hmm. or something like that, then we would definitely clear that and work with that trauma. Exactly. Right. Like, but nothing came up with Philomena because sometimes it's just like, they just asking for what they need because they don't speak our language. Mm-hmm. Like we could be doing one thing um, and it might just be a shift in their routine. Mm-hmm. Right. But then yes, if there was something that was coming up, we would have definitely cleared it. Yes. Awesome. And then, I'm curious. So you work with a dolphin and a tiger and they're kind of guiding you through these realms. Are they the one you're kind of speaking with? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they take, they take me to the pet and then I channel the pet. Okay. And then if the pet, if the animal gets, um, just like we do, we, sometimes we get kind of stuck. We don't see, see something. We're not, they're not seeing something that they need or something that's happened. Then the guide will step in. Mm-hmm. And usually the guide has the remedy, oh. like, um, like oh, they should be you should be putting um, pep- peppermint oil into their bowl, or 
you know, in their bowl of water, or this is the type of food that you need to add into their diet, or like the guide will usually give the remedy. Mm. Um, they like, you know, you should um, have plants around them because they're not getting outside as, enough, or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. The guide will tend to have the remedy or because um, their remedies will come through mm-hmm. of what they need. Because sometimes they need they need the supplement or their food isn't working or they're not getting enough walks or whatever it is. Well, that is super helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The remedies are really, really helpful. Or like if, it, if a cat's peeing, you know, has that behavior, they will have a remedy for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this is just really fun work, Beth. I'm so glad we just got to tune in. And I hope that was in service to people to get a feel for what a pet reading is. and um how can so thank you you're welcome and how can people connect with you they you so they can go to my website which is www.bethosmer.com you can also find me on facebook you can private message me or send me an email or um call me text me my phone number is on the website so if you want to get a hold of me, the quickest way is to text me. I'm totally fine if you text me and or email. Facebook messaging tends to be the last thing I check. But um, yeah, there's a million ways. So will the website be on the page? Yes, I'll, I'll have it on the show notes. Okay. People can access all that. And also, you know, if you want to get, you have human questions as well. She, she of course, does work with humans too, or both. Um, so uh, this has been really fun and, and really enlightening. Is there any other pieces that you'd like to um, share? Yeah, um, well, I would just say, you know, just, just like we treat our humans, and you, of course, if you're listening to this, you do, but they just remember that they're feeling everything. They feel and see everything. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, they're there to love us and to yeah. love them back you know, and I know that if you're listening to, to this, that you are, and just know that they are way more aware than, I mean, some people know they're aware, but they're very, very aware, mm-hmm. right? They know what's happening. So yeah. And give them lots of walks. Dogs love to get out. You know, that, the, the talk, the Caesar Milan, yeah. the dog whisperer, mm-hmm. He, um, he said that homeless dogs, dogs that live with homeless people are the happiest dogs. Because they're outside all day. They're on a different adventure, different smells, and they're with their guardian all day. I bet. I they're bet. like, they are the happiest dogs. And that makes so much sense because they have different adventures, different smells, mm-hmm. and they're never alone. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I get it. I, yeah. Well, they look happy. To be honest, most homeless <laughs> dogs look quite happy. <laughs> They're totally happy. They're fine. Yeah. And Sam, they keep them, they keep them company. They're, it's a win-win. I love it. And, and all dogs keep us company. I mean, oh, oh my gosh. My dog is, she's a special case and this is the last, and then like, I know we're going to wrap up, but she's a special case. My dog, her name is Rose mm-hmm. and she's a rescue. I got her when she was, we think around three and mm-hmm. she's about five now. Mm-hmm. She came from a house with 80 dogs, a hoarder wow. situation. Wow. And the, honestly, 
she was the most broken being I've ever met in my life, both human, animal, anybody. Wow. I've never seen a more depressed, scared being in my life. I don't know if she had ever seen a human besides when she was rescued. And then she was thrown into, right, the, the, um, into a uh, kennel. It, wow. took, it took me, it took her about a year and a half to wag her tail. Wow. My, yeah. Why, do you, why did you feel connected with her? What, what level of compassion drew you to adopt her? I fostered her at first. Um, and I never fostered a dog in my life ever, you know? And so my, a client had talked to me about her. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, and of course, I'm not going to give her back to anybody, you know, because she's so, she's so special. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a challenge. I'll be real. Mm -hmm. right? She wouldn't go to the bathroom for days at a time. She would hide behind the bed and just even getting her out to go to the bathroom. She was that terrified. Wow. So it took a lot of pain. And the, the thing is with Rose She's awesome now. I mean, she's always going to be, she's always shy. You know, people think that she's really old, but because she, she's just tentative. I'm like, no, she's only five. She's just, she just walks really slow and she's careful. But um, she gets a lot of attention because people feel sorry for her immediately. <laughs> because she kind of looks sad all the time. But, um, they're like, like one lady actually pulled me aside when I first got her and thought I was like, because she looked so sad and depressed. She's oh. like, what is going on with this dog? I'm like, she's a rescue. I'm working with her. <laughs> um, but Rose taught me and is still teaching me that love, patience, stability, and consistency heals everything. Wow. She taught me so much. Like the first time I saw Rose play, like actually play and get joy back in her being was one of the best moments of my life. And that was like maybe seven or eight months after I had her. So that's a, I thank you for sharing that story. It's so, so, so true. I mean, even with this puppy, there was like so many challenging moments and sometimes it takes that to work through these traumas, but I found I've seen such resilience in animals far beyond what what I would um, ever dream of. Yeah, and you said say it again. Patience, uh, patience, love, stability, and consistency. Mm. Right? Because I mean, it it would have been really I mean, I'm easy as in the word to say I can't do this. Cause she took a lot of time, right? It took a lot of patience and time and, um, love energy, but I wasn't going to give up on her. Mm -hmm. You know, people would be like, why are you doing this? I'm like, because she's, she's a being that needs lots of love. Mm. And we, you know, there's no, to me, it's like giving up on something like that is just not okay. Yeah. So she taught me a lot about myself, right? Like she's taught me, she taught me, cause I was, I did, grew up with, um, in a very broken home, very. So it's like people gave up on me all the time. I'm like, I'm not giving up on anybody mm -hmm. and not, and I'm not giving up on a dog. I'm not giving up on people. 
mm-hmm. or beanies because there's always their power and their lighter in there. Word. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, for- you're so welcome. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Beth. Um, what a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners. Yes. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Hello, this is Ayla. Thanks for tuning in. So I have my own healing process that I've developed over the seven years I was working as an emotional healing professional. And then personally, I use still to this day and I work with clients all the time to move through their own blocks to their creation process. But this process is something that's actually very valuable and effective on its own. So in this emotional planet series, I've actually offered you lots of resources because different modalities resonate with each of us differently and at different times. But I really did want to share you my own with you my own process in the form of a course. So the online course is on my website. And in addition to the course, you get a free um, mentorship session with me to just go over the process and make sure that it's landing for you. So there's some one-on-one support and the course itself to teach you the technique. And this technique you can use over and over and over again. Every time something comes up, it really is the basic tool I use all the time. You can find it on my website, www.daughterofcreation.com backslash healing.